And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finity comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Coyle hitting Finity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. It's a quiet little pod here tonight. Uh, we've, there's only myself, Mickey Brennan, and David Rispin from the Rispin blog here. Um, Kieran Flynn and Brian Kelly, we've put the two boys to bed. Uh, they've had a, a tough weekend and um, don't think they were going to be able for it. They were a little bit, what would you say, they were a little bit cantankerous this evening. So he says, no, he's needing early night, lads. Yeah. School in the morning, yeah. School in the morning and all that, David. So we uh, we just said that uh, we'd let them go to bed and, and we'd t- take the reins here tonight. Um, on this week's pod, we'll be looking back over uh, the Mead Miners, the Mead uh, Minor Hurlers, the Mead Hurlers in the Christie Ring, the All-County Football League results, and we'll do uh, the knockout competition um, as well. We'll have a look at the results from that. And then we'll do a quick preview of the Mead and Carlo game that's taking place uh, this Saturday, um, the uh, Leinster quarter final taking place in Port Leash, would you believe, uh, at 5 pm. Uh, so it's not Tullamore and it's not 7 pm. So as Kieran Flynn said last week, it was pretty finalised, which means it wasn't finalised at all, David. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> to be fair, I put my foot on it too before that. But um, yeah, it, pretty finalised, I suppose, won't be a definition put in the dictionary anytime soon. <laughs> well, it will. It'll be. It'll mean that it's not finalised. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, look, it, it was. We, we were led to believe that it was going to be in Tullamore, and um, we weren't sure of the time and whatever. But look, uh, the GEA and their wisdom have decided to have a double header with Dublin and loud in uh, Port Leash next Saturday but we'll come back to that later on we're going to start off with the Mead Miners um, they were taking on Wexford last Wednesday evening um, in a game that they needed to win just to make sure that they were still in the hunt for um, a, a quarter final spot in the Leinster Championship and they did that at the Rees uh, David you were in yeah. Park Tolchin last Wednesday night and Mead came away with a, an impressive 6-13 to seven points victory over Wexford and Wexford had put it up to Dublin the weekend beforehand yeah. the week beforehand yeah and, and I suppose Mead were coming off the back of a win but not a probably convincing win you know I think yeah. it was 8-5 the week before um, so th- there was a little bit of pressure on them you know big big home crowd for the young lads to play in front of in Navin lovely evening um, and, and they did warm to their task eventually first 20 minutes was tough I think Wexford you know were you know stuck with them and were holding on to possession and Basically trying to frustrate Mead and kind of delayed the inevitable for as long as possible. But when, when Mead did get a foothold and they did get that first goal, they started to open up and play a lot better, more expansive football, which we know they have, you know, in their armour. Yeah. And uh, it, w- it was just great to see it second half. They, they, they really kind of cut loose and, and absolutely destroyed Wexford um, at the reason it was. There was a terrible injury for the Wexford cornerback. There was a 13-minute stoppage. 
and in that time you know I think Wexford sort of you know yourself lost concentration in that and after that stoppage in play they, they just weren't at it at all they gave and up the ghost I think Mead might have scored 4 or 5 goals in, in the next 10 or 15 minutes you know okay. it was just a, it was an onslaught um, but you have to give credit to Mead I think that the full forward line contributed 3-9 uh, of the of the total which was very impressive um, David Bell so often gets the plaudits but for me the two guys in the full forward line who I thought was excellent was Owen Frayne and young Niall Finnerty as well um, mm-hmm. at full forward and corner forward respectively um, they were excellent Josh Carroll in midfield we've spoken about before real leader kind of he's the captain obviously but you know he, he knows his role in midfield he knows exactly how to play the role and, and he lets the, the rest of the boys kind of do the work and he kind of holds the fourth there in midfield real kind of commander in chief there nearly like a quarterback there so yeah. he is you know just orchestrating everything yeah and, and just sets the tone for the way Mead play but defensively as well to, to, to only concede um, seven points I know Wexford weren't up to a whole pile but they had a couple that had a big full forward. Um, what's this? His name was uh, Jack O'Leary. He was the captain. He was he was he, like he wouldn't be he wouldn't be lost on a rugby pitch now. He was you know <laughs> he was a tank, um, and he was a real handful. And the, the Wexford kind of approach was to hit him as as much as they possibly could. But me did a real good job in curtailing him. Um, defensively, Dean Pluck was really good in goals and kind of commanding his his full back line. And I thought James McGovern from Drumbarra was um, was also really good as well on the night. Uh, so Meath will take confidence probably you know the, they needed that sort of scoreline or something similar to kind of open up and to win a game well and to kind of build up confidence in that mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe just kind of falling over the line and kind of going into a quarterfinal with with two wins under your belt but not playing that well yeah and a bit of doubt in your mind or whatever so mm-hmm. you know the first day against Dublin uh, lost by six points in a high scoring game Un- unlucky in that game as well. Um, uh, that could that game was could have went either way. It was a goal at the last touch of the game, basically that put six between them, and then three point victory over Wicklow. This convincing win over Wexford, and we're hoping that Dublin maybe could have slipped up. I think it was against Wicklow, um, and they would have topped the the, the group yeah. because on score difference. Or awfully, was it a or, or, Oh, sorry, awfully, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, in fairness uh, to them. Uh, Dublin awfully did put it up to Dublin for large parts but Dublin did finish out that game strong so they topped the group Meath are in second and both of them go through to their quarterfinals yeah yeah so um, yeah, it's, it's looking good for them I mean they're probably just gathering momentum at this stage the, the Dublin game might have came a little bit too soon for them mm-hmm. um, possibly but um, from what I've seen you know on the evidence of last Wednesday night there's no reason why they can't kick on now and, and really go and challenge for um, for the Leinster Championship yeah I'd say that's uh, you know they'd love to meet the Dubs again uh, yeah, yeah definitely after their first uh, performance against them I'm sure that this team would love to to meet Dublin again and hopefully they can push on and go to a Leinster final and maybe meet them in a Leinster final and uh, what a day out that would be for the Mead Miners but I think there's a break now uh, for the leave insert mm-hmm. and whatever so there's maybe a five week break or something before Mead are out again which is a little bit frustrating for the lads I mean <coughs> you're coming off the back of a great performance and that and you know, obviously the exams are exams are the pref- your priority. Well, I suppose, as a wise old woman once said, you can repeat the leave insert, you can't repeat your last year of minor. <laughs> yeah, so true. Is that your mom? <laughs> no, but it, it was a mother of a footballer, so it was. Yeah, she uh, was a pretty sound she mother. Was, yeah. She was called into a, a meeting. I won't go on about this too long, but she was called into a parent-teacher meeting, and uh, all the teachers were telling her that her son was concentrating too much on football and uh, that his grades were suffering. 
So just she had enough of it. And when the, la- the, the final teacher said to her, look, his grades are suffering and, you know, uh, he's concentrating too much on football. She did turn around and say, well, look, he can repeat the leaving cert. He can't repeat his last year in minor. <laughs> so that's where that's, that quote originates from. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Um, but that is the Mead Miners, and we're delighted that they got the victory over Wexford and seized them through to the quarterfinal of the Leinster Championship. We're going to move on now to the Mead Minor hurlers. And they took, they took on Antrim <clears throat> uh, last Saturday in Clane in the Leinster Minor Hurling Championship Round 1 and came away with a very convincing victory. Three goals in 17 to two goals in 12. And uh, that's that, that's a magnificent win for the, for the Mead Minor Hurlers. I think, didn't Kieran Flynn mention a guy who scored 18 points for them uh, yeah, in one um, of the games? I think McGovern, wasn't it? Is yeah, it I'm, I'm, I'm nearly sure he, he was in the similar vein of form yeah. uh, for the Hurlers against Antrim. So, um, unfortunately, we don't have our small ball expert here today, mm-hmm. uh, Kieran Flynn. So, uh, we're just going to wish the Mead Miners all the best of luck. Um, we're going to move on now to the Christie Ring. And it was round two, and it was me taking on the uh, Christie Ring holders, uh, Kildare. And this was played in St. Conlet's Park in Newbridge last Saturday. And Mead came away with a massive win here. Absolutely brilliant for the hurlers. 227 uh, to 113, knocking out the current holders, David. Yeah, brilliant. And um, again, probably continuing their fine form from round one. And it was probably difficult for them going into the Kildare game in the sense that London were so poor the week before in Navin and it was probably difficult to really judge Mead on that performance but this was the kind of real acid test for them going in against as you said the, the Christy Ring champions from last year and uh, and really putting them to the sword you know by all 17 accounts. point win yeah and, and, a, and a huge tally again I know London it's probably easy enough to clock up that but against a, a team in the calibre of Kildare that's outstanding and um I suppose Hurland's, Hurland's seemingly in a good place in Mead again, um, you know, with the minors, as you mentioned, going well too. So it, it's great to see, and there's a good, um, there's a good, really good spread of clubs there with the Hurlers. I know Nick, Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, the manager, um, would always probably put an emphasis on, you know, having that kind of diversity in terms of clubs, of clubs yeah, and, from, and, from yeah. different areas and all kind of, you know, from Mead, um, which is great to see as well. And Regan um, chipped in with 16 points. Yeah, again, carrying on his form. He was outstanding the first day as well. And uh, I, I think he could have got 12 points against London and then 16. That's 28 points in two games. Two games. It's outrageous scoring. It's like me paying for junior <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just another night at the office. But uh, no, he, he's a class act. Like we all know what, you know, how he's capable of it, you know, and his free taking is um, superb and second to none. And but um, also kind of carrying on from play. And I, I know Eamon O'Donica as well. Yeah. Yeah, chipped in with a goal. The Clan of Gale man, yeah. He he scored one four the first day as well. And uh he's he's an excellent footballer, but he's a, he's an even better hurler, I think, by all accounts. And uh he's he's looking like a huge player for that hurling team. And you know, they're in a really good position now, you know, they're 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 true, I, I assume now with with two wins probably. Yeah, they're true to a semi final. Mead was common and Derry now true to the semi finals. <laughs> they're waiting on uh another confirmation of a semi finalist from uh group two. But uh, me do have one game left in round three of the um, of the uh, round robin part or the, the league part, mm. and they take on Roscommon, who are already true as well. But me and Roscommon are true to the semi finals. But um, the first plays second in Group Two. First in Group A plays or first in Group One to plays second in Group Two, and uh, first in Group Two plays second in Group. Uh, uh, one, so you'd want to be hope you'd be hoping to finish top, mm. so that you're playing a team from Group Two that didn't t- top the uh, their division. So, um, they're waiting. I think uh, Wicklow 
Um, I can't remember the other I teams. Wicklow, Donegal, and somebody else yeah. uh, are 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 the teams that are fighting for that last place in the semi-finals with Mead, Roscommon, and Derry. So uh, that game between Mead and Roscommon will take place Saturday the first of June, and that's going to be an away game for Mead. It's going to take place in Roscommon. I don't know the venue, um, but uh, we wish the Mead hurlers all the best in that one because uh, you know, um, two years ago I think it was it three years ago when we won the Christie Ring. Yeah. You yeah, know, and controversial circumstances. Controversial. Well, we we drew the first day. Uh, in, in all fairness, so we did. It was just a, a score mistake on, on on the scoreboard, but we replayed it and we won that game. So, um, Mead, <coughs> uh, deserving of of winning that Christie Ring, and we hope that they can do it again and maybe a longer stint in the McDonough Cup um, uh, would be what they'd hope for the next time because they went up and came straight back down. Mm. So. Best of luck to the Mead Hurlers. We're going to move on now and we're going to go to the knockout cup competitions in uh, Mead that took place last week. And then we'll be coming to the league results from uh, the Sunday, which is today. Um, in the JMB Sportsfield Services Fesh Cup, there was two preliminary rounds. Uh, Simonstown got a walkover from Minalvi and Dumboyne beat... Uh, Dunshockland by a single point it was Dunboyne 114 Dunshockland 113 in the preliminary round um, all these following games are round one Omatney 7 points Gale Column Kill 413 a massive win there for uh, the Kells boys Ashburn 312 Curraha 210 Rathote 116 Nafina 111 St Column Kills 213 uh, Rathkenny 110 Summerhill 417 Centralstown 112 and Screen 216 St Pat's 115 and David we'll, we'll not go through all the results um, uh, individually but for me, I was very disappointed that Minalvi uh, handed Simonstown a walkover on Thursday night. Um, you know, they they had to have been able to feel a team. Well, obviously they weren't. Yeah, I, I was actually equally disappointed. And uh, I actually, before we even mentioned this, I wasn't talking to you before no, about this. No. And uh, I, I was it's actually, I texted a guy I know from Minalvi, um, I know him quite well. And I, I, I says I was surprised when I seen that coming through. And he, he said, look at the... They had two league games they were playing today, obviously, which is Sunday in, in the league against Kells, and they're playing again this On coming Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. And, you know, them two games are the priority for them. But the way I kind of looked at it was, well, every kind of club is in the same boat, like ourselves in Carton, we'd have mm-hmm. a much smaller pool of players to pick from. We're going to have four games in eight days between first and second team. Yeah. Surely there's enough guys. I, I, th- fair enough, they didn't expect to go to Simonson and win the game. They should be feeling, you know, it's it's a fresh cup. Well, it's, it's you, a prestigious. Well, the thing is, it, know, it is a prestigious cup. Yeah, but it's a chance for teams to um, give players that are not currently making their mm. first team a chance as well. Because if you look down through the results, there are some yeah, skewed landslide, results, yeah. and 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 that's because teams were just going right. Well, look, I know we've got league games. Maybe we'll try out a few different mm. players or whatever. And there are skewed results, like the Gale Column Kill O'Matney's one, yeah. for instance, four thirteen to O'Matney's seven points. Mm. There isn't that big of a gap between no, O'Matney's no, no. and Kells. Uh, I think Kells probably are a little bit better than O'Matney's, but you'll see from their league results mm. that you know that that. That, that was overturned and whatever, and uh, not between the two teams, but Omatney's put up a massive score today in the league. So, you know, as you said, all teams are in the same boat, playing four games in, in eight days, and some of them playing five games in, in, in eight ten. days, yeah, yeah. because they've got Junior B or Junior C as well playing. as So, it, it's just, it's possi- just possibly they were trying to make a stand maybe against maybe the, the fixtures, which, you know, is another, is yeah. another argument. Uh, 
But in the same vein, like we're going to come to the league results, but I think they were bet by Kells by 11 points today. Yeah. So if it was a gamble or if it was a kind of strategic off. plan, it didn't pay off by any, yeah. you know, any well, means. They, they maybe, maybe they have, have, um, have they're on to something there because we, when looking at the planner, we're going to go through most of June and July without playing yeah. any football. And maybe that was the time to play your fresh cup. Um, oh yeah, quite possibly, but you know, and your knockout competitions when we're not going to be mm. playing football and run them off mm. so that lads are you know training towards matches instead of training towards a gap and being flogged towards the next part of the championship yeah. or a league final or whatever it is that that may be. No, I I agree a hundred percent with you. Yeah, I, 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 but it I, is I, what it is. You it, know, exactly. When there's nothing, I agree with my Nalvi if that's their stance. But we're all in the same boat, so we all just have to mm, suck it up. And, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, the result that probably stands out for me in there is probably Gail Conway Kelly, excuse me, against O'Matney's, um, 413 to 7 points. And um, again, you know, uh, we mentioned it there. I don't think there's that big of a gap between those two teams, but that's a massive win for Gail Conway Kills. And we've said it before Gail Conway Kills, Kells, they go out to every game like a championship game. Yeah, they, <laughs> appro- they approach every game the same and, and from looking at their team, you know, from their match report, uh, they, they did have a really strong team out on, on the night and I think Fiona Riley, who is actually over in Italy playing a bit of soccer, um, you know, at a good level as well. Really? Yeah, he, he's back now. As far as I know, he's back for the summer, um, to my understanding, and I think he scored, he was full forward, he scored 2-3. So he's a savage player for Kells to get back. He'll bring a bit of freshness to the to the whole setup, but... They'll be pleased. They 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 were going through a sticky spell just before the start of the championship. Managed to eke out, uh, you know, a, a, a real tight victory against Dunchocklin and then bet Pats, and they're they're seemingly starting to hit form again and mm-hmm. at just the right time, probably. Just the right team. So um, they're definitely a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, and, yeah. and as you said, they're, they're always a dangerous team no matter what they're playing. Absolutely. If it was yeah. a game of marbles, they'd they'd be strong, you know. <laughs> With Fionn Riley back from Italy as well, Mamma Mia. <laughs> I'm away already. We're going to move on now to the AIB Cornabonia uh, uh, Cup, and uh, no preliminary rounds in this one. It's all round one. So, Delete two thirteen, Nobber two seven, Dundry one twelve, Old Castle eight points. There's a a, a big result there. Blackhall Gales one fourteen, St Michael's one twelve, Kilme- uh, sorry Kilmainham not seven, Waterstown seven sixteen. That's a massive win for Waterstown. Dunshockland five fifteen. Trim three goals and eighteen. Or sorry, Drumbarra. Mm. Sorry, five fifteen. Trim three goals and eighteen after extra time. A three point win there for Drumbarra. What a win there for the Drum boys. Um, Castletown seventeen points. Sidden one six. Uh, Castletown getting one over their neighbours once again mm. uh, this year. Mead Hill two thirteen and uh, Ballina Bracky four goals and seventeen. I suppose looking at that, two goals and thirteen will win you most games. But when the opposing team hits four seventeen, you're you're out of luck. Uh, what ga- what games I suppose stand out for you in there in that uh, cup? There's there's quite a few I suppose. The, yeah. the Dramara and, and Trim one is probably the one that jumps off the page at you really, isn't it? It's uh, it's it's it was a real marathon match and Drumbarra you know, were losing uh, quite heavily in the second yeah, half and managed to claw it back and somehow um, get the game into extra time and you know in fairness to them you know clearly th- their fitness is good and they've um, you know they've plenty of youth there which probably stands them in situations like that and uh, 
to to kick on and win the game by three points in the end against uh, no mugs in trim who absolutely are, who are a very good side at the uh, you know at the intermediate level. That's a that's a brilliant win for Drumbara. Um, another one probably is Balnebracki. I think Danny Quinn might have played the second half for Balnebracki in that game. Was introduced at halftime and I think might have scored one five in the second half alone. Right. Different class, seemingly different level altogether, which is probably you know a guy who's probably not getting much of a look in with Mead. Just showing his class that he's, you know, he he he's willing to go and play for his club, mm-hmm. and and come on and do something like that. So the the bite is really there. It's great as well that he was allowed to go back and play sure. with his club. I, I love seeing uh, managers like Andy McIntyre saying, "Look, okay, you're not getting enough game time with us. Go back." You'll train with us, but mm. you, you can play the odd game here and there with your club, and that's that's great for Danny Quinn. Uh, brilliant, uh, and and Danny's a really good footballer, and Balnebracki are a much better team, obviously, with, with, with him in, in the team. You know, he's their talisman and stuff, so um, good win for them. There was another result there, I think Dundry. Yeah, Dundry beating yeah. Oldcastle. Uh, Oldcastle will be tipped by many. Uh, some people agree, some don't. That you know, but realistically, they're playing Division One football, and they're always going to be contenders for the Intermediate Championship. But mm-hmm. I think Dundry are equally... Um, Equal contenders there in, in that sense too, and for them to pull up pull off that kind of win against um against Oldcastle in the Talton Cup is is only going to be good for them going forward. And Oldcastle not doing too badly in Division One. In fairness, they're mm. on five points, and I think they're fourth or fifth from bottom. Yeah. So, um, uh, that is a, a really good win for Dundry. The one that stands out for me is Castletown keeping their uh their uh full value or what would you say their full complement or full, yeah, 100% full, record their 100% record uh intact yeah. with a 17 points to 1-6 win over Sidon and I do believe that they won again in the league uh this morning we'll be coming to them results in a few minutes and I just think that that, that that's absolutely fantastic for them uh that's the results from the uh corner bone we're going to move on now to the N2 electrical and security supplies torch and cup and there was two preliminary round games here Clonmagale and St Vincent, St Vincent's coming away with a two point victory, 10 points to eight. The St Dalton's and St Bridget's game was abandoned due to an injury to one of the St Bridget's players, I believe. Yeah, uh, I think a bad um, a bad leg break for um, Alan Clark, who's the cornerback for St Bridget's Ballina Cree. Uh, I think that happened early on in the second half, from what I gather. I think Dalton's might have been a couple of points up at the time as well. Um, but I actually marked him in the second round of the championship. Really nice fella. Um, you know, a tough, really tight, typical cornerback, you know, wouldn't give you anything. But um, shocking, and I suppose we can only wish him, you know, all the best in, in his recovery. It's probably going to be a long road, but uh, they're a really good club in St. Bridget's, and I'm sure they'll provide him with all the resources and everything he needs to just get him back on the field and back playing. So, yeah. you know, we wish him well. Absolutely. We wish Alan Clark a speedy recovery, and uh, that game obviously abandoned and uh, will be replayed at a further uh, date. Uh, we'll move on now to the round one games from Gondrat. 14 points, Kilbride 122. Great victory there for Kilbride. St Mary's 113, Minalty 623. They say a lot of the time 16 is the mark that you need to hit to be winning games. But 16 wasn't even close enough to beat Minalty. Uh, 623 they scored. Uh, Slane 115, Kilmainham Mode 110, Dunsany 119, Moila 2 goals and 14. Um, a uh, two point victory there for Dunsany and Clonard won seven, Cortown 19 points. David Risman, um, on the scoreboard there with four points from play, no freeze taken this week. And Beliver, one goal and 12, Carner Ross, 3 13. And apart from the Cortown game and that victory over Clonard, what games stand out for you in the Talton Cup? Yeah, I suppose Carner Ross, um, you know, good win for them. You know, they'll 
the, the put up a good score, I think three thirteen. Um yeah. so they'll be happy to kinda of come through that and Beliver who have two wins from two and the championship yeah. Colonel Ross who have zero from mm-hmm. from two and uh, going out and, and, and putting up a big scoreline like that, yeah. twenty two points so to fifteen. The, the reverse the championship form, I think Beliver, you know, uh, overcame them in round one of the championship mm-hmm. now. In fairness to Beliver, they would have been down a, a, a few lads with the hurlers and stuff as well. So they would have been they wouldn't have been at full strength, you no. know. Um but Karen Ross won't really care. They'll they'll be just happy to kind of get back to winning ways. Uh, aside from that, I think Slane, good win against Kilmain and Wood. Kilmain and Wood seem to kind of be gone off the boil, but Slane, a uh, little bit sketchy in their championship form, but they've been consistently good in the league so far in that, and, and you know that's a bit of a scalp beating the junior A team as well for them, so they'll be pleased. Absolutely, and uh, I suppose uh, looking at it, Cortown, 19 points, uh, uh, no goals, um, but hit the, uh, put, put raised the flags 19 mm. times, you were pretty happy with that one? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a Wednesday night game in Clonard at you know half seven, so it was a difficult one for guys to get to from work and stuff, um, so we, were, we, we didn't have a, a huge kind of squad to pick from, but what we had... You know, we 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 made use of and the boys who came in. You know, got probably starts. Um, did extremely well for themselves, and uh, nineteen points is a good score. As you said, it'd be great to get a goal or two. We had a couple of half chances, but you know, you're happy enough. Nineteen points, as you said earlier, will will pretty much win you most games. That well, yeah. it certainly should. Um, Clonard, look at the they're missing Adam Flanagan, and I think Jason Dowdle is away too. So um. They're probably they probably need them kind of guys back to to be a bit of a force. Um, like Danny Quinn with Bannon Bracky, you need sure, your best yeah. players on the field. Yeah. Um, Cortown don't have any county players, so yeah. you know you're playing with a full complement. Uh, exactly. y- you've got county standard players, but they're just not on the county <laughs> team. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I suppose just before we move on to do the all county football league results, um, good news from the Bohemian Parish is that uh, talks have started between. <laughs> Uh, Cortown and St Dalton's they amalgamated on the weekend for a charity match down in Galway for uh, a, um, pri- a previous player mm. who had great involvement with both clubs and maybe he's the catalyst for joining Cortown and St Dalton's in that amalgamation we all want to see Yeah, we, we tell had, us about the weekend uh, anyway we had a great weekend yeah, was, um, we were down playing Clumbar uh, in the Maliki O'Halloran in inaugural Memorial Cup um, so that was yesterday. That that was Saturday evening, and uh, we were we stayed below obviously for the night. Really good village. So a lot of a lot of the families in Cortem would actually originate from Clonbar. So they would have come up fifty or sixty years ago. The Coins, Mulrose. Um, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss Kerrigan's as well, and and a few others. But uh, so we all travelled down. Really good. I think there was twenty or twenty plus anyway, and came up against a really strong Clonbar side who who. Bet us, you know, comprehensively enough in the end. We were only two points down at half time, but I suppose it was the first time we've all kind of played together in that. Um, it's the first time. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's the first time. It's not the last time, but it's the first time. Well, it's the last time we'll go out with them because they led us astray. It was all hours when we got back last night or this morning, but uh, no, great, great crack. And, uh, you know, the locals. They're not us. a bad bunch of lads, those St. Dalton lads. No, they're not. No, I never said they were. <laughs> um, but. Uh, we we'll hopefully welcome Clumber back, you know, this time next year to to um Brilliant. to Bortmean as well and kinda of put them up on that because they were very good to us. Um really good club. I think they've contested the last two um junior finals in Galway, the one in All Ireland Club 
junior about four or five years ago as well. So they're going to be bang there, um, I'd say, this year. But, um, yeah, good weekend all around. <laughs> and this time next year when they come back, are we talking about, <laughs> will you have amalgamated at that stage or is that just the second step in stone? Uh, I'd in, say, in, I'd in, say in it'll probably up. be the second uh, game we'll probably play together. But I suppose we might do a little bit of training or try and get a couple of challenge matches before that we're better prepared that when we do play them, you know. Where did you play yourself? Uh, I was corner forward. And who was inside with you? Uh, uh, Breen Smith, who be my own club, and Roland yeah. Breslin, who's St. Dalton's. Okay, and yeah. what was the complement of players from both teams? Uh, well, well, we, we had the majority, uh, to be fair. We had, um, you know, I think there was four or five Vulton starters and they had another three or four on the bench as well. Okay. So there was a good representation from them as well. And uh, both d- clubs. just a couple more. Did, did, all, did both teams bring their full uh, panel of players no look we were never going to be able to bring you know our best teams it just wasn't it was a long old trip for us now they yeah. they were they had their pretty much their best team now they have Declan Kine who's on the Galway team he's actually recovering from a leg break at the minute the red haired full back um, and they had a player I think playing Galway juniors as well today um, they also have links to to, to Mead um, one of the Shogi lads is uh is training with Navin O'Man. He's, he's he's working in Mead and stuff, and he's still playing, you know, back in Clumber. Um, really nice fella, good footballer as well. O'Brien to Navin O'Man. He ha- might have had something to do with it, yeah, <laughs> um, and taken him away from us. <laughs> but uh, no, look at as I said, great. he was on the score sheet for O'Man. again today with a couple of goals. Yeah, so he was. He's, he's a class act. He's a class act. But uh, well done to um, the Clumber Football Club, and well done to St Dalton's and Corton. Um, for uh, going down to participate in the Maliki O'Halloran uh, inaugural uh, trophy tournament that's mm. going to be held every year and that's great to see mm. and uh, the man he's such a legend between the two clubs and yeah. it's great that the two clubs can come together for uh, a great um, charity event like that we're going to move on now and look at the All-County Football League uh, the All-County Football League Division 4 from today Sunday the 19th of May it was Moila 217 Clannard 1-4 and uh, that's a massive win for Clannard no other games taking place in Division 4 today or if there has been I didn't get the results in so um, a massive win there for Moila Moila now top of the table with 12 points having played 7 games Clonnagail Kilbride and Kilmain and Wood all on 10 points having played 7 Courtown and uh, Slane are both on 8 points so it's still very t- tight at the top of that group yeah that, that group's probably going to go to the wire you'd think uh, at this Mo- stage Moila look like Moila and Clannagale I think would be the, the two front runners to get promotion but obviously third place gets a playoff against third from bottom in Division 3 so for the likes of maybe ourselves and Slane who who are probably just a little bit adrift at the top two that would probably be the target if we can manage to win our last I think three games you'd be unlucky not to get third spot yeah um so it'll be interesting you know it's going to be just interestingly looking down at it there are scores for and against Moila haven't put up big scores so they haven't have 115 points but Clannagale have scored 163 points Mm. in uh, in seven games that's that's massive scoring like yeah they, they have such um such a spread of scores you know in their forward line and that and you know they might miss him in O'Donica now with with the hurlers. I'm not sure how much league football he's going to probably play, and I think he might be in and around the Mead Junior panel as well. So they would miss him if they came if they came to the crunch. Um, Dara Griffin is another one actually on the Mead Juniors as well. So mm-hmm. you know 
they'll probably be a little bit concerned if they don't have them two guys. They'd be a huge loss for them, you know, in the in the remaining games. And you know, there's nothing sewn up yet. They're not no, guaranteed by any means of, of of finishing in the top two. But no, they, they are three, in a strong position. There, there's three teams joining them on ten points, mm. so uh, it could come down to. Um, uh, it won't be head to head it'll be score difference yeah. so they're ahead on that um, and that should see them at least get a second or third spot um, just looking at it they're averaging 23 points uh, a game yeah. and they're only conceding uh, 12 points a game just under 12 points a game yeah. like so we have them in two weeks so that's a good omen oh there you go <laughs> now um, that's a that's a good one. we're going to move on now to division three and uh, again only one result coming in there and it was obviously Sunday uh, the 19th of May Kilmainham 15 points Dunsany 8 points a 7 point victory for Kilmainham picking up their second win of uh, the league and uh, now joining Dunsany on four points, it was a uh, 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 that's a massive result for Kilmainham, considering the hammering they took um, on uh, Thursday night in the um, Cornabonia, was it? Yeah, against Waterstown. Against yeah. Waterstown, seven sixteen to seven points, like mm-hmm. so, uh, a great turnaround for them. Dunsany losing um, in the um, in the Talchin Cup. To um, or sorry, winning by two points against Moila in the Talchin Cup uh, on Thursday, and then going out and suffering a, a, a big defeat like that to Kilmainham. Yeah, it's a, it's a shock result to be honest. Which uh, you know, Kilmainham have been struggling so badly um, this year in pretty much every competition they've they've put their foot into. Um, but you know, as we said about targeting games, they would have really targeted. Realistically, they had to win today. Yeah. If they had a loss today, it was probably curtains for them. But now that result is after bringing them right back into it as you said level on points with Dunsany they'd have to head to head over them now yeah. if it did come to, if, if it, it did, did come, come to, to that two of them, yeah. and um, just another thing Andy Arkins was actually in touch with me um, straight after the game I'd say he got <laughs> off the got off the pitch and took the phone out and texted me and he says for the shower yeah and he says uh, he, w- he obviously wanted a shout out for the Kilmainham lads and that as well for, for getting the win but he come says on, Kilmainham yeah, he says make sure um, you mention the whooping we just put on Dunsany to Kieran Flynn on the next podcast that's why he's not here. Yeah, I'd imagine that I'd has something imagine to do with that's it, yeah. what it is. Yeah, he's uh, licking his wounds. Uh, I want to say well done to Martin McGovern, the uh, manager of Kilmainham. Um, a great guy. I was talking to him last night after the Cavan victory. He was disappointed with the hammer and they took to Waterstown um, on uh, 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 during the week last week. And then obviously uh, after speaking to him last night, he says, "Look, I just we just need to put a performance performance on um, against uh, Dunsany tomorrow." He wasn't. It wasn't that he didn't want to win. He of course he wanted to win, but he was just hoping that his lads could respond after that uh, hammer and they took to Waterstown so they did and he'll be a very happy man having, having seen Cavan his beloved Cavan <laughs> beating Monaghan last night and then uh, Kilmainham beating Dunsany today so that's the results of um, the All-County Football League Division 3 just looking down at it as well before we move on Castleton sitting at the top <coughs> 8 games played 8 wins winning the Torchon Cup 2 wins are in the uh, is it the Torchon or the Cornabonia uh, the Cornabonia yeah. uh, winning the Cornabonia, a two out of two in the championship, unbeaten. For, as we said already, they've got a hundred percent record this year. Could anybody have envisaged that at the start of the season? No, 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 absolutely not. Um, I remember looking at them a, a couple of times last year, and I said, "My God, these these guys are probably heading towards junior football." And now it looks like they're they're making a beeline towards Division Two, going strong in the Cornabonia. 
and and certainly going to be in the mix for the intermediate championship come yeah. come what September. So, um, unbelievable turnaround. Rusty Tiernan's gone in there and, and done an incredible job. He's a good manager in that, but even in their wildest of you know expectations or dreams, uh, Castletown couldn't have envisaged the turnaround they're, they're after enjoying. And full credit to the players. You know they're after buying into Rusty's absolutely um, you know approach, and you know he's he is thorough, and he you know he's. From talking to the Kilmainham lads who, who he would have managed for four or five years, they can only say good things about him and he's clearly doing an outstanding job there. They have three games left. They're on 16 points. Third place is St. Vincent's and Drumbarrow with 10 points. Yeah. So a draw or a win sees them through to at least a semi-final. Uh, straight up, uh, final. Well, uh, Ballinlocker on 13 points. Uh, isn't it second and third play in no, a semi-final? No, so first and second play in the final. Oh, okay. And it, that's Division One, uh, just with the semi-final. so just Division One is the semi-final yeah. with second and third. Yeah. So it, so a point they're practically guaranteed a promotion and league promotion and league final at mm. this stage. Um, absolutely wonderful. Uh, delighted for Rusty Tiernan and the uh, the Castletown boys. Brilliant uh, to see it. So we're going to move on now to the All County Football League Division Two. Um, uh, all these games played today Sunday. Uh, venue was Centrestown. It was Centrestown playing Dundry one fifteen to Centrestown. Dundery uh, won nine. Uh, great win for Centralstown after their defeat in the um, in the first cup. Uh, in Trim, it was Trim four seven. Uh, that is nineteen points to Nobbers three ten. A draw. Um, Carnaross two twelve. St Michael's twelve points. Carnaross um, with a good win there. St Patrick's uh, uh, St Pat's one nineteen. Dulac Bellystown one fifteen. Um, Battle of two big guns mm-hmm. there, and, and St. Pat's coming away with a four point victory. Rakenny 2 8, Bechtiv 1 9, Curraha 1 13, Balanabraki 2 10, a draw there, and St. Column kills 5 12, Mead Hill 1 9, uh, Farrell beating six goals, an 18 point win there for uh, St. Column kills. Um, great victory for them. Looking down at the table, it's Centralstown on the top of the table with 15 points, having played nine. Um, Balanabraki and Karna Ross are both in joint second. Uh, second and third, 13 points. Dundery are on 11. And then St. Column Kills, St. Pat's, Rakenny, three senior clubs, all on 10 points, um, which I suppose is probably the biggest shock that you've got. Dundery, Karna Ross and Balanabraki. You'd probably expect Centrestown to be up there. Mm-hmm. But for three of the intermediate teams, sorry, two intermediate yeah. teams and a junior team to be ahead of St. Column Kills, St. Pat's and Rakenny with nine games played. That's big surprise, big shock. It's unbelievable. You'd expect that trio of teams probably to be in the, the pack behind the senior teams, realistically, exactly. and trying to push them. It's the other way around. And I suppose Karen Ross are the ones that that are the just shock, b- baffling yeah. everyone really at this stage. You know, their their championship form has been um well documented. It's been it, you know, the two defeats and stuff. But full credit to them. They're after, you know, coming out and, and continuing on their fine league form and I mean, it'd be an absolutely. Uh, we we spoke about this before we came on air. If if they were to get promoted to Division One, and if they were to remain junior, I know they won't want to be, <laughs> remain a junior. But if they were to be playing Division One football next year and still be in the junior championship, that'd be. I, I don't know. I'm just saying it'd probably be unheard of nearly. Well, you look at Longwood, um, yeah. and their Division Three, yeah, and playing in senior championship. Mm. You know what I mean? Like so, uh, it'd be something similar to that. You, you, could, you, could, you could have a scenario whereby Longwood managed to stay up in the senior, get relegated <laughs> to Division 4, so they're a senior club playing Division 4 football in the league, and Karen Ross don't win the junior, 
and get promoted to Division, Division one. 1. So you have a junior team playing Division 1 and a senior team playing <laughs> Division 4 next year, which would be just incredible. It'd be brilliant. It'd be up to, it'd just be mad. Uh, I, I, it's just it's it's yeah. it's great for Karen Ross. It's absolutely brilliant. I think they're they're really showing uh, those that that division two is definitely their standard, uh, if not division one <laughs> yeah, at this stage. Yeah, sure. um, looking at the bottom of that table, uh, Mead Hill and St Michael's both on four points, and then uh, closely followed by Bechtov on six, and then there's two teams on seven points. It's Curaha and Delik Bellistan, which is a bit of a shock as mm. well. Uh, they would have had great hopes of going back up to Division One. Um, uh, like it's hard to look past Mead Hill and St Michael's at this stage. Yeah, particularly Mead Hill. I think off the back of that hammering they took Bechtel today, could be dragged into it as well. But yeah, well, even even if they don't go down automatically, the you know third from bottom plays third yeah. from third. Sorry, in in Division Three. So you're you're in that playoff. You're not out of the woods, even if you finish just above that that dreaded line. But mm-hmm. uh, Mead Hill, it's not looking great for them. You know they're 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 shipping heavy beatings and that. Um, so Michaels is, is a little bit surprising. I, I yeah. would have expected them to maybe not be challenging in Division Two, but definitely not to be in relegation trouble. Um, now they'll still feel that they can get a win or two and they'll get out of trouble and maybe drag Bechtov back into it. Um, but that remains to be seen at this stage. Absolutely. So we're going to move on. Centristown top in Division 2, Balnebracchi and Carna Ross in second and third spot on 13 points. We're going to move on to the All-County Football League Division 1. Again, results from today, uh, the Sunday the 19th, and it was uh, the venue for the first one was Grange Garden, and it was Gail Column Kill taking on Minalvi and Gail Column Kill again with a big score, uh, four goals and 12 to Minalvi's two goals and eight. Rathout played St. Peter's Dunboyne. It was Rathout four, 14 points, Dunboyne one eight. A three-point victory there for Rathout. Uh, Dunamore Ashburn, two fifteen. Screen, two fifteen. A high-scoring game there. And it ended all square. Um, in Kilberry, it was Navin O'Matney's taking on Wolf Tones. Wolf Tones don't usually get uh, uh, beaten at home <coughs> and... It's usually a tight affair, but O'Matney's put them to the sword today. 6-13 to Wolf Tones, one goal and nine, and that's a disappointing result for uh, Wolf Tones, but Navin O'Matney's cementing their spot at the top of the table um, with that massive victory after the defeat on, in the Fresh Cup on the weekend, from or, or last week from Gail Column Kill. Just uh, it, it, it beggars belief how, uh, how these games change. Nafina, two goals and nine. Oldcastle, 11 points. Summerhill, one goal and 23. Sidden, 13 points. A big victory there for um, Summerhill, 26-13. Double scores. And in the final game, it was Simonstown taking on Dunshockland. And Simonstown came away with a three-point victory here. Three goals and 12 to Dunshockland's three goals and nine. Um, and... Uh, looking down at that, I'm just going to talk about the Simonson game. Simonson raced into a seven-point to no-score lead. The next thing is they were down by five points at halftime. Then Chocolin scored three goals and uh, <laughs> uh, two points, I think, or three point three three, I think it was, to, to go in at halftime, five up. They then scored the first four points of the second half, went nine points up against Simonstown. Simonstown had a goal disallowed, and that seemed to draw, drive them into uh, uh, overdrive. Into overdrive. <laughs> they just pushed them into overdrive because they just annihilated Dunshockland then um, drawing level with a couple of minutes to go and then getting a goal um, just to seal the victory a three point victory for Simonson to leave them in second place but it was a it was a topsy-turvsy game. It was. It just went one way, then the other, and Simonson coming away with the victory, showing their steel and showing their um, their class in the end. I suppose any results stick out for you in there. I suppose maybe St Peter's Dunboyne and Rathout, maybe. 
Yeah, for sure. And and probably just maybe going back to your matinees again, I mean, we I don't mean to keep harping back to the Manalvi thing that we were talking about, but as you said, they got a heavy beating against Kells in the league. Yeah, in the Fesh Cup. Oh, sorry, in the Fesh Cup, rather. And that's probably the perfect um, example of a team maybe prioritising league because yeah. they're in contention and maybe saying, well, we're, we're going to field in the Cup, but possibly, you know, focusing their attention on today's game in, in the league, which was of more importance at this particular stage. Probably fielded players in, mm. in the Fesh Cup that, as we said already, weren't getting the run mm. uh, with the first team, weren't getting starts and tried out a few fellas in positions just to see. Yeah. That's that's the whole idea of having these cup games is to is to um to be able to use your panel mm, absolutely and uh, you know the the gamble clearly paid off maybe not in, in terms of the fesh cup they they obviously suffered a heavy defeat but today you know getting that big win over Wolf Tones and I think that cements their position you know in the in the top two in the league as well and and I suppose for your own club Simonstown as well you know as you said showing their steel but as well as that remaining in contention too so that you could have an all Navin um final maybe if it goes to script if, if the two if they avoid each other maybe in the semi-finals that's it uh, well I think there's uh, isn't a top place go straight through to a final and second yes. and third second and third exactly go into, yeah. a, into a semi-final so Navin O'Matney's look at this stage like they're in a final one mm. more victory we'll see them through to the final and then it'll be three, between Simonstown if Simonstown win there it'll be between Simonstown and maybe Summerhill uh, Gail Colum Kill probably have a, an outside chance of getting to a semi-final, um, but it does look like it'll be Simonson and Summerhill. Just on the the O'Matney's game, Oshin O'Brien, corner forward, scored two goals. Stephen Bray got a goal. Sham Smith got a goal. Um, and was it Dougie Dillon, I think, that got a goal as well? Just basically that a full spread of scores yeah. um, in the game against Wolf Tones and a massive victory for them. Um, looking down through it, I suppose the, the Rathout Dunboyne for me, that's a, that's a big surprise. Uh, obviously, Dunboyne have a lot of players involved with the Mead team, but so do Rathout, mm. um, in fairness to them. But uh, um, I just Navin O'Matney's for me seem to be um, a game on for a final and it looks now at this stage with nine games played with everybody in Division 1 that Simonstown and Summerhill will be fighting it out for that semi-final spot Simonstown on 15 points Summerhill on 14 points and uh, Gail Cullum Kill as I said on 12 and Rathout on 12 so Maybe one of them teams, or Toto Gale Colm Kilson, could sneak into a a, um, a semi final spot. Again, Simonson and Summerhill are a point behind. Well, Simonson are a point behind Navin O'Matney's, and Summerhill are two points behind Navin O'Matney's. So Navin O'Matney's still have it all to do. They, they, mm. You know, they might, they might, they've nearly guaranteed a semi final spot yeah. at this stage. Um, but they need, they, they will need the two victories to to. Um, to secure the 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 final spot, looking down at the bottom of the table, Minalvi on one point, Sidden on one point. We spoke about Minalvi already. You know they were prioritizing this league game today. They uh, didn't get the win. They ended up losing uh, this one to Gail Column Kill quite heavily as well. Sidden on one point, Screen last year's uh, league finalists on three points are still in trouble down there, and then just above them is Old Castle on five points. Yeah, it it's probably looking pretty bleak now for the bottom two. You know, at this stage, you know they they, they really need um they need a, a minor miracle at this stage yeah to probably avoid the drop. Uh, screen sitting in that third from bottom place. We say it every week, and I suppose at some stage they're probably going to have to do something, or else they will end up there. 
you'd still think they, they will get maybe a win and possibly you know overtake Oldcastle and put Oldcastle in that playoff but you know the games are running out at this stage and um, you know Oldcastle are still holding their own with five points and you know they're they're a real credit to themselves you know to to have accumulated five points at this stage and given themselves a real fighting chance of um of maybe even avoiding that relegation playoff and, and enjoying another year in Division 1. Well, looking at the fixtures, I just have them here in front of me, um, and I'm just going to look for, like, Wolf Tones have to play O'Matneys, so that's a big game for Navin O'Matneys, that's next Sunday. Uh, Simon's, to, oh, sorry, no, that was today. I'm looking at the next 10 days, uh, Dunshockland v Rathout, uh, Navin O'Matneys v Gail Column Kill. Big game. Um... Minalvi versus Nafina, Oldcastle versus Dunamore Ashburn, St Peter's Dunboyne versus Wolf Tones, Screen and Sidden are playing each other. That's yeah, one that you would expect Screen to get the the result in. That's the one, really. The the you know they'll be targeting that and they'll be hoping that Dunamore Ashburn can do them a favour and uh, and beat Oldcastle and then we're back to square one between the two. And these games are taking place on Wednesday evening. The next one is uh, Simonstown and Summerhill. That's in Summerhill. That's on wed. That's on Friday night, yeah. um, at quarter to eight. Um, again, the winner of that one is guaranteeing themselves a semi-final spot, if not a final spot, depending on how Matney's get on against Gail Column Kill. Uh, Screen will take play, take on Nafina um, on Sunday the 26th, and that's a huge one for Screen as well. Mm. Um, Nafina are going well, and then the, the, the Screen and Oldcastle also around 11, around 11 game that that game that screen have to play against Nafina is a round 8 game mm. that wasn't played so that's taking place on Sunday the 26th they're then out on the Wednesday against Oldcastle and that could be a massive massive game in the relegation battle yeah. regardless of what happens between now and then it is going to come down to that game yeah. you, know, it, you know if Oldcastle um, could manage to pick up a win between now and then but even if they do you'd fancy screen to beat uh, Sidden which will bring mm-hmm. them to five anyway. So it's, it's, it is going to come down to that game, no matter what really happens between now and then. So that's going to be a real tasty one. Oldcastle will need something out of that game, you'd, you'd probably think, to to um, to avoid uh, third from bottom. But there's some really, like Summerhill and Summerhill and Simonson next week, it'll be, yeah. it'll be an absolutely humdinger on Friday night. Um, That'll be a brilliant one. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm just looking there as well. Rathout have to play Summerhill then in round 11. So round ten, Simonstown and uh, uh, Summerhill. Um, if Summerhill were to get the win over Simonstown, mm. and Rathout were to win their remaining games because they have to play Summerhill as well, they would be maybe in in prime position for. So, so it's still in a lot of clubs have it in their own hands. Even if they're a little bit off the pace now, if they win their games against the teams around them, th- that applies to the top and the bottom of Division One. Exactly. You know, it's it's There's still a lot, it's still lot to play for. The, we'll say the top three or four teams are playing each other. Mm. The top three, two or three teams are are playing against playing against each other as well. And there's one there in Afina against Navan O'Matney's in the final round. It's it's going to be a great. Yeah, we're we're going to, to be, be out and about. You know. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Gillette Soccer Special or Gillette GA G- Special. G- Gillette GA Special. Um, for the best a man can get, <laughs> and uh, we're going to have somebody in all the grounds. And uh, it's going to be unbelievable, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we were only doing that for Division 3 and 4. Oh, well, yeah. We'll see how many men we can get on the ground. Look, that's the All-County Football League results and the knockout competitions um, looked at. And uh, uh, it's going to be a brilliant next couple of weeks. 
um, and then we'll have no football for two months. But look, the next couple of weeks are going to be absolutely brilliant. We're now going to move on and preview the Mead versus Carlo uh, Leinster quarter final uh, of the in Portleash. Sorry, I forgot again yeah. where it was. Portleash on Saturday, double header, um, five p.m. Mead take on Carlo, and then at seven p.m. it is Loud and Dublin. So um, I suppose looking down. Or looking back um, at Mead versus um, uh, Offaly, having had time to reflect um, and having time to look at the results throughout all the provinces, you know, I feel it's a really good result. Yeah, it's 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 a good result. Um, don't get me wrong. It, it it's probably just the performance, really. I you know the result was um, was was the main objective, you know, of today. But it was probably just the manner of, of the performance. And I think Andy talked about that himself. You know, that that was the disappointment. You know, you had a you had a big crowd, you know, in, in your home venue and stuff. And Mickey Newman referenced it as well when we were talking to him. Uh, they, they, what I like about that is that the players themselves the re- yeah, realized exactly. it and were like going, look, we didn't play to our potential today. We didn't we didn't give the supporters something to cheer about. Um I suppose the the only thing that they can cheer about is that the fact that we got the result in previous years we wouldn't have got that result. So that shows a little bit of steel yeah. and a little bit of determination and a little bit of I suppose progression within that team that they were able to uh, in the face of adversity come back and get the result against a stern tough opposition in in Offaly. Not the greatest team in the world. Mm-hmm. We'll not say that or anything. They all performed at around nine out of ten. Yeah. Our lads performed at six out of ten. And still won the game. Yeah, and I suppose winning ugly is something that we don't really associate with with exactly. me, or we haven't associated with in in the last decade. So it's it's great to see them doing that, and I suppose that's the pleasing aspect because you compare it to last year, the Longford game, it was a very similar performance. Yeah, and against a team probably in the same bracket as Offaly, we'll we'll say yeah. you know. And me didn't play well. We had no answer to them. Exactly. And yeah. we we never looked like winning. Whereas you know we didn't look like winning for most of the game against Offaly either. But, but in the in that last away. quarter, found, found a way exactly, away. and that was the most pleasing aspect of yeah. the day. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so because we know we know the quality is there, and we know the the standard and the level of performance that these players can put in. So we saw a different side to them, being able to win uh, the way they did mm. um, when they didn't look like winning, and found a way to beat Offaly. So that's that's the positive that you take out of it. Performance wasn't great. The one thing about it is that meant that straight away there was nobody going to be complacent. For sure that Colm Nally and uh, Andy McEntee were definitely not going to be complacent going into training this week. Absolutely. And I think the lads themselves will, will probably um, realise that and, and they'll be on their toes as well, which is something that the performances weren't great across the board. But the guys who came in, who we, we already referenced substitutions, did extremely well. And that's only going to add to the training, you know, obviously this week and, and next week coming up to the game and that. I'd say the intensity in training this mm. week or last week and this week has been absolutely brilliant. Lads going, been, yeah. I didn't perform last week. If I don't perform at training and show them that I can do this, mm. those lads who came on for me, they're going to be the ones that are going to be starting the next game against Carlo. Exactly. And and if you won by 20 points and, and Mickey Newman reference, if you won by 20 points, you, you wouldn't learn that and you weren't in a battle in that. But as well as that, if you won by 20 points, you couldn't you couldn't not start anyone who, who played that day. Yeah. Very rarely would you, would you see changes to a team that won so comprehensively. Whereas now the subs will be kind of buoyed by their impact, first of all, and also realise that maybe the guys who did start probably weren't just up to their top standard and 
there is an opportunity for them if they train hard and and to, to really push the guys that are there and that's just that's the on, whole absolutely that's the yeah, whole idea yeah. of having a great panel um, but just on that do you see him making any changes for the next day or do you see him going uh, right lads you didn't perform the last day here's your chance you get a second chance and if you aren't performing I'll whip you off and those guys that performed will come back in that's a tough question um, do they I I, I per- personally think that you go that you don't make large no wholesale, wholesale changes, changes yeah. or anything like that that if you were to change there might be one or two yeah but you give lads their opportunity who have performed consistently throughout the year to say that wasn't good enough you get another chance mm. well I suppose first and foremost the injuries I mean Shane McEntee didn't it didn't look great for him no. coming off at half time so I'd imagine he's going to be touch and go at, at best yeah. for this weekend and James um, also came off you know probably maybe not as serious an injury but an injury nonetheless so you could be looking at one possibly two enforced changes there straight away Right. so if them changes were made you might see maybe one more maybe in the forwards if that was the case but if you're already making two changes to the original 15 from two weeks ago I can't see there being many more if that if that if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. you don't want to upset the point no. uh, you really don't um, I suppose looking down at the squad here um, uh, you if Shane McIntyre wasn't able to start you're probably lo- probably looking at Adam Flanagan coming into midfield he would be the um the automatic pick you'd say but but there is other options too I mean Parik Harnan is someone who I'd personally like to see maybe given a stab at the midfield role um, we're, we all know he's back now and it's great to see him back and all of this but he's he's been there for most of the league campaign and you know he's only played sporadically throughout yeah. and, and only come on for maybe a minute against Offaly Sean Tobin is another man who's played at sure. midfield for me in, in recent months. Yeah. So he has in challenges and uh, and in the uh, O'Byrne Cup at the start of the year. And he has everything going for him. You know, he's he's a big lad, physical pace, can contest in midfield as well. So that that he's another real candidate. Probably different. They're, they're three different players in the sense that Adam Flanagan will will great pair of hands. He'll catch ball. He won't offer you what Sean Tobin will offer you going forward in terms of pace or, or probably picking lads out with passes or maybe chipping in with the odd score. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pora Carnan will offer you a completely different dimension in terms of work rate and everything. Yeah. So you, you probably just have to wait up. Brian Menton's going to play there regardless of you know who's playing alongside him. But yeah. so they, do you, who, who complements him exactly, best exactly? Yeah. And if it was Adam Flanagan, possibly Brian Menton could be a little bit more creative than maybe he has been or, or you know I suppose what he's been looking at playing in midfield is he's been playing the holding role and letting yeah. Shane McIntyre go box to box mm. um, which means that Brian Menton can join the attack late mm. um, uh, because Shane probably has joined it and he's been picking off a couple of scores from that area when he does join the, join it late and veer off to the right yeah. hand side and hook it over to the left yeah. uh, over the bar it's again y- y- you want to see him doing that so y- you want to see him holding the middle and chipping in with those two scores. See, yeah. So you need someone to complement him. Exactly. So probably Harnan is the right man. It'd be yeah, somebody it, like Shane McIntyre. Exactly. You have to find that right balance. And I suppose the only um, fear, or maybe not fear, that's probably not the right word, but if Sean Tobin was in there with, with Brian Menton, obviously Sean Tobin's not going to be the man that's going to sit in midfield and you know yeah. let, just, just kind of let things... He'd be the one to make things happen. So you couldn't have the situation whereby... 
uh, Brian Menton and Sean Tobin were both bombing forward or and, and then you're left exposed and that. So that's why possibly Paul Carnan or maybe an Adam Flanagan would be the probably choice there. But Eaton Devine if he was fit. Exactly. Played uh played only about ten or fifteen minutes against Ross Common in that um challenge over an Iron Cat, got the concussion, so he should be fine, you know, he's after having another two weeks. He was superb in that opening quarter against Ross Common, kicked two points. Um, looked brilliant and it was just a shame for him that he went off injured it depends how much training he's done but he would have been certainly an option when we lost Shane McEntee against Offaly he would mm-hmm. have been I'd imagine he would have been there thereabouts with Adam Flanagan you know another so. man as well um, that did, was on the 26th the last day but didn't get any game time and he played right throughout the league was Darragh Campion mm. um, you know he's a player that can make things happen and he's an exciting player and he brings a different dimension to it. He brings a cockiness and a yeah. and an arrogance that you know I I like to see in, mm. in a in a half forward. Uh, somebody who's going to rip up the script and and the rule book and do it his way. And you know he scores points from places where you're not supposed to shoot. Yeah, you know, and he does he does all that kind of thing and and, and can pass a ball as well. Do you think we could see him featuring at all against Carlo? It might be the game that it suits him because mm. they're going to be ultra defensive. Yeah, and and I suppose one maybe not criticism, but one thing that's been pointed out about our full forward line is the three guys in there are very similar type players. Yeah, um, Mickey Newman, um, Barry Dardis, Barry Dardis, and uh, Thomas O'Reilly. Like they're they're very similar in the sense that very skillful, very accurate, possibly just missing that yard of pace. Which probably brands them, puts them all in the similar similar bracket, and that's probably why James Conlon flourished when he came on fresh legs, and he's yeah. a completely different player to the to the other three guys. So you could see a, a shake up there, and James Conlon having had mm. the banty having such a good impact when he came on, he gives you a different dimension in that full forward yeah. line. So you could see maybe Tomas O'Reilly or uh, Barry Dardis. Um, moving out of that position and uh, not, I'm not saying going to the mm. subs bench because they could be moved out the field or whatever but you could see James Conlon join the full forward line you could or or as you said you could see Derek Campion there because he, he has played 13 for us you know in several of the league games so he's comfortable there or comfortable out in the half forward line wherever and Brian McMahon too is comfortable anywhere really in the forward yeah. line Yeah. so we have options there and that's not to mention probably Graham Riley as well he's another option that we always have Um, and Sean Tobin I know we've already spoke about him in a midfield sense but predominantly He's a, the, he's a forward exactly yeah. so so that's it and he and he did ever so well when he came on too so we're not stuck you know for for options there and um do you see do you see any changes in the back line maybe james McEntee, um if he hasn't recovered from injury yeah i suppose ronan ryan would be the the obvious choice there i mean Owen yeah. lynch i know did come on and did well but Owen lynch is a center back um, and, and you kind of want Donald Kogan just to hold that there for you as do. long as possible. Yeah, and now that's not to say Donald Kogan could push out to wing back. Yeah, and and Owen Lynch could come in at centre back. But I mean, from looking, you know, obviously you at, the, the at the league campaign, Donald Kogan, right? You do centre, it yeah. in the middle exactly. At least to start, if you know, if, if you need to change it, he can go he wherever. Can, exactly. As you've seen against Offaly, but definitely I'd be starting him centre back. Ronan Ryan would be the obvious choice if if James didn't make it. Um, so um, it, it, time will tell on that one. Um, but you'd like to hope James would be fit for us because uh, you know he's so important and such an integral part of the squad and, and what we're trying to do. 
Sorry, I dropped my mic there. We're gonna um look as well. So we're gonna look maybe Andrew Colgan's obviously gonna hold his position. Seamus Lavin, Connor McGill, Shane Gallagher, James McEntee. We're looking at maybe Ronan Ryan coming in for him if he's injured. Donald Hogan and Gavin McCoy making up your half back line in midfield. We're gonna say it's probably gonna be Brian Menton and we're gonna. I I I have a feeling it'll be Adam Flanagan. I don't. I I'd like yeah. to see Harnan in there, but I I think it's gonna be Flanagan. I'd probably agree with you. I think it would be Flanagan too. Just going by from what we've seen towards the latter end of the league and obviously against Offaly. But I wouldn't discount someone else just coming in. You know what Andy's like? He, he, he could have something up his sleeve. <laughs> so our six forwards, we're not going to name them in any uh, positions because they can all play in any position. So I'm going to say Killian O'Sullivan, Brian Menton. Uh, Brian and, McMahon, yeah. Or sorry, sorry, Killian O'Sullivan, Brian McMahon and Michael Newman are our three definite starters. Yeah. Uh, ben Brennan, I'm sure he's going to start. Yeah, I he was quiet the last day, but you know he's he's played well on the piece. So yeah, I'd be surprised if he didn't. So Barry Dardison, uh, Thomas O'Reilly, are we going to see any switches there? Are we going to see the likes of Graham Riley, Dara Campion, Sean Tobin, um, James or James Conlon coming into that forward line? If, if Ethan Devine, maybe if he's there, um, could come in, but I don't see him taking a half forward spot. Do you see any switches in that in that six, them six fours? Does James Conlon come in? Uh, no, I don't think so. I I just think Andy will probably look at it and would look at the impact James Conlon had. Exactly, you know, fresh legs and all that. And I'm sure James Conlon will be chomping at the bit to start the game. But you could understand the reasons why Andy would bring him on with fifteen or twenty minutes to go to absolutely burn lads up who are who are already tiring in the full back line, and it worked to treat the last day. From the start, it mightn't be as easy for him to have that sort of impact again. Now, I'm not saying he won't start, but well, my, my gut would be that he, he would come on again. Yeah, I, I like I. My thing about him is is that what you do is you put in these lads uh, that that played the last day, Thomas O'Reilly or Thomas O'Reilly. I keep I keep saying both. Yeah. Uh, Michael Newman and Barry Dardis, um, Ben Brennan, Killian Sullivan, Brian McMahon. You put them into our full forward line, and what you do is you run the legs of uh, the defenders and then the next thing is you bring in the likes of James <laughs> yeah. Conlon uh, Biggie like uh, a hair Dara Campion uh, Sean Tobin Eaton Devine mm. like that is some cover to have and to, like bringing in James Conlon as you said like a little hair like a little terrier yeah, just yeah. running like can you imagine running around after Barry Darris <coughs> Thomas O'Reilly and, and for 50 minutes and then the next thing is you've got 20 minutes left and this little fella comes in who's as fresh as a daisy yeah, yeah. And it's just burning, burning past you. Like so, uh, that's what I'd look at. Looking at the Carlo team, yeah. Um, you know, we do know their their strengths. The two two players that stand out are um Murphy in the middle of the field, yeah. Brendan Murphy, and then Broderick at corner forward. Their management team are in a little bit of trouble <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Um, we're not sure whether they're going to be on the pitch or in the stand if they're going to be allowed to the game or you know what I mean like so um, there's there's all sorts of distractions with the Carlo team at the moment and and I suppose it's hard then like Andy has to manage that with the players as well um, you know it's 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 not ideal pre- preparation for even the Mead lads going into that game it, no it probably isn't uh, and, and the appeal I think is going to be resumed this week and stuff which isn't ideal for either county particularly for Carlo you know they, they haven't a clue is their management team going to be on the sideline is there is their talisman in, in Brendan Murphy going to be playing either yeah you know he's involved in it as well so 
But the thing about it is, is right that it's there. The only way it's going to affect them is that their management team mightn't be on the pitch. Mm. You know, um, they're still training. They're still uh, preparing for a Leinster Championship quarter final. Yeah. Um, you know that all that. Maybe I hope they don't. But the mead players get caught up in that and say, "Sure, like they're in disarray." Mm. They're not really in disarray. Their management team mightn't be on the sideline. That's all. Yeah. Well, Brendan Murphy would be it. You know, yeah, he'd he'd an huge. absolutely huge yeah, loss he'd be if, huge if, if he's. If but he's you don't want to get caught up in that either. No, I, I don't. I don't that. think the mead lads will be. To be honest with you, I I think they'll be expecting the management Full team to be on the line and, yeah. and Brendan Murphy to be playing. You have to take that. You know, that, until. That's stated otherwise. You have to expect Carlo are going to come with their yeah. full, full, Innocent, all guns. Unproven guilty. Yeah. Unproven guilty. All guns blazing and all that. And uh, they'll be well prepared for what Carlo are going to bring. I suppose they've had a tough year, and not just with that, but relegation from Division 3. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, league form, as we've seen already this year, you know, we've seen it this weekend. You'll you, you prove with, with Calvin and stuff as well. Just adding mm-hmm. to kind of the... The drama that happened last weekend with like Limerick beating Tipperary and the other club, the other teams Finishing, pushing what second from bottom exactly, and and you know four. Waterford coming within a point of Clare and and all of this and awfully nearly pipping us as well. So league form doesn't count for a whole pile. Carlo, you know, would have liked to have stayed up in Division Three, absolutely. Yeah, but as you said about Offaly, their focus was on Mead from the minute the draw was made. Carlo's focus will have been on Mead and Offaly from the minute the draw was made too. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not kind of hide that and and they will really be zoned in on Mead and they'll feel that if Mead don't perform to the standard that that they've set themselves in the league and they perform like they did against Offaly they'll have a real chance of a scalp and in, in, in their coach Stephen Poacher I know him well and like that man leaves no stone unturned mm. he will have looked at it and said we're playing Mead that's the way he would have said it. he yeah. would have said when the draw was made right lads we start preparing for Mead mm. um, and you know because if you look at it that way if we prepare for Mead and we get up we get awfully you know, we've, yeah. we've prepared for a higher yeah. grade yeah. team anyway so and he will go through that Mead team with a fine tooth comb you know like it'll be just uh, there won't be as I said any stone left unturned and he's going to look at, it, at the ways of hurting Mead and stopping Mead mm. Um it's been well documented over the last few years as well um, that uh, Carlo play a fairly defensive brand of football. Now, Stephen Poacher would say, well, no, we play counter-attacking football and we actually just get numbers back when, when we don't have the ball, but we get numbers forward when we do. So, you know, where do you see me getting at this Carlo team or how do you see me getting over this? Well, it's, uh, pro- it's probably the runners again block. from from deep. Well, that's why James McEntee is so important to us. It, you know, in, in games like this, when when they have mass defenses, Donald Kogan, James McEntee, Brian McMahon running from deep, Brian Menton coming onto the play, they're going to be the guys. The, the lads in the full forward line again. It's probably going to be another one of them games where they're they're just probably going to have to try and you know pick their moments and that because it's going to be difficult to pick lads out. You know, Carlo are going to pack the defense. Let's we we know that's going to happen. And as well as that, I think we're going to have to be patient, but also the supporters are going to have to be patient. You know, it's not going to be this kind of free flowing 15 on 15, just we'll outscore you. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be mass defences. It's going yeah. to be frustrating, long spells of kind of lateral passing and that. But if just we can you pick, mentioned yeah. that, just as you mentioned that, just from commentating on the Cavan Monaghan game yeah. last night, an interesting thing that Cavan did was when they hit the ball, they made the pitch massive. The two corner forwards literally went out mm. to the 20-metre line flags on either side of the field and stood beside the flags. 
the two wing forwards were on the 45 meter flags and made the pitch as wide as possible mm. and then when the ball would come to their side they'd start interweaving you know that three man yeah, yeah, weave yeah, that yeah. you do yeah. they'd start interweaving but start from the corner flag out and whatever dragging the the, the mass defence all over the mm. place and then they'd just create a little pocket of space for somebody to run into and then bang they'd be able to clip it over the bar and I think that that is um, it, it's such a great way of of, of taking on a mass defense because yeah. if you can if you can just move them around a little bit and, and and if they don't come out and tackle you but just move them around a little bit mm. until one person you know forgets to yeah. do their job and pop it into the space and Calvin yesterday scored one six out of one eight mm. from play in that first half and uh, I think uh, Monaghan only had four points at halftime all coming from freeze yeah. so it's 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 a way of counterbalancing and counteracting that um, mass defence. Now look, Nally and 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 uh, Andy will already have looked at what way they're what style they're going to play. But I would hope that they would try something like that. I'm, sh- I'm sure they will. And and even if they don't play like you know a certain you know brand of what Cavan played, no matter what way they do it, it's going to have to be at pace. Mm. Because if if you slow down the play and it turns to ponderous kind of lateral passing and you you trying to pick your moments you're just giving Carlo time to reset yeah. and put that blanket in place whereas if we move the ball at pace you, you you can't beat the quick ball whether that's through the hands kicking probably realistically as long as the, as, as long as the mass defence isn't set up at that stage you can't you yeah, can't go you're, long you're still going to have an opportunity if Carlo do attack and um, send yeah. numbers forward and then we can break if you can, break so, it down so the big thing there is turning over yeah. ball you don't want the Carlo killing the ball um, and getting to Get reset back, yeah, from exactly. the kick out and whatever. So it needs to be from turnovers. When the ball is turned over, you need your wing backs and your corner backs just driving up the field in a line, going up that yep. so that it doesn't give Carlo a chance to get that ball back and play it into the space, diagonal balls. Yeah. Yep. And and even if it's a quick kick out, even if it does go out of play, the ball has to be back in like that. It has to be you know, kicked out to the wing backs or the corner backs straight away. You see, you see the dubs doing it. They're, they're probably the best team, you know, in the country. Yeah. The ball isn't barely gone out before Cluxon has his tee and his his football out on on the twenty one, and he's and he's kicking the ball out. You yeah. Know, straight away. What that does as well is that it disrupts you getting back because you're going the ball is back in play I, I mean I know I'm supposed to be yeah, going back yeah. there but it's the ball's over there and going and panic sets yeah. in you go to put a tackle on and then you get the runners going ahead and then mm. your, your mass defence is falling apart because everybody is just panicked because the ball get, was back on the field so quick yeah. it takes that moment away to have a think about what you're trying to do so exactly. it's it's an interesting one uh, yeah the ball has to be back in play as quick as possible yeah and that doesn't just apply to to dead ball or to end line it sidelines quick freeze instead of just slowing it down and let's say oh here Mickey you take the free get the ball moving and get it going quick whether that's a short pass or you have to go back to go forward do it but it has to at be speed. a pace yeah absolutely yeah yeah no it's an interesting one it's going to be a it's 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 not going to be an easy game for me again um I Look, I feel that they're due a performance. Mm. So they are. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, we're saying they're due a performance because they had one bad game, but still yeah. came away with the victory. Um, I suppose the second half against uh, Donegal wasn't uh, the standard that we they had set them for themselves as well. So they've gone a game and a half without, um, uh, I suppose, setting the world on fire. Um, do you see any other ways in which Mead can maybe get over this Carlo team or who do you see being the main players for me against Carlo I suppose 
we we probably need to have uh, we probably need to have a stronger presence around midfield. I'm just taking again, assuming Murphy is going to be there for Carlo. You know, they're they're probably going to use him as much as possible. They'll target that midfield for me. There's probably no question. They look at the Offaly game and say Mead were Mead were you know given a real hard time of it, and they're going to try and exploit that as much as possible. So I think we need to stand up. But the, the, do you put a man marker on Murphy? Um, probably not. No, I I don't think he's. He's going to absolutely just run the show on his own or win the game on his own. You probably have to put a man marker on Paul Broderick, all right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you know if Murphy gets the ball, generally he's looking for Broderick every every single time. But what I was going to say was that the, the guys in and around midfield, so the guys in the half back line or half forward line, need to give us a dig, bit of a dig out. You know whether that's win and break and ball or actually trying to contest, um, you know, ball in midfield, because. You know, it, it probably is the the one line that we we do need to improve, and um, but we also need help from the other lines and that, which which are particularly strong for us. Our half back line has been notoriously strong all yeah, year, absolutely. So there's no reason why they can't help us, and, and probably to maybe come up with something, maybe if it's a short kick out or whatever, as we said, getting the ball in play, um, good and quick. And now I'd imagine it's hard to know who's going to pick up Broderick. I mean. He, you know, generally he's corner forward. It could be Gallagher. It could be more than likely Seamus Lavin. Probably. Yeah. Um. Connor McGill could even do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like so. But I, 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 the the kind of the, what happened with McGill the last day was that he was kind of pulled and dragged around the place exactly. by by McNamee, and if he was to go at Broderick, I think something similar could happen. Right. And you're taking your your full back line, your full back, sorry, out of the full back line or taking him from that berth. So I'd be inclined to keep him there if possible. And and given Lavin or Gallagher, whoever it is, the job of actually picking up Roderick and and you know stuck to him, um. But it'll be interesting to see because you know as you said about Poacher, it, it you know it's going to be fascinating tactically. Yeah. You know what what transpires. You know, and and we all know what Carlo did to Kildare last year. Sure, and Carlo yeah, went yeah. on that run. Um. Obviously, will be disappointed with their league results this year, but. Uh, it is going to be uh, the big one for this Mead team. It's next Saturday. It's 5pm. It's in Port Leash. It's a double header. Get down there as early as possible because you're going to have all the traffic coming for the Dublin and Loud game as well, going down the same roads practically uh, down to Port Leash. So um, make sure you get down there as early as possible. I suppose that's everything for this week. Uh, David, have you any more um, business or news that you need to bring up on the podcast I suppose the the amalgamation is there any more are you, <laughs> no, there's did not, you get any more emails not, or messages in the last it? half an hour no. in the last half an hour <laughs> no uh, no that's really it uh, nothing else from me the house draw yeah so um, just yeah get your tickets um, we we will be having more competitions and that for people to keep an eye on social media and that where will uh, they find them on social media they will find uh, them on the Glenway Homes um, social media, so Glenway Homes Facebook or MeGA. Keep an eye on MeGA across Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook, and then the Player of the Month thing as well. That'll be coming to an end in about what another week or two. So there's going to be a Player of the Month from the hurlers and footballers. Brilliant. So the boys are playing for tickets and maybe even a house. Who knows? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, the Mead players are being paid in houses now, so they are, <laughs> yeah. and. and uh, tickets for for the draw uh we want to thank all our listeners for listening in don't forget you can get us on soundcloud you can get us on spotify uh, you can get us on itunes um, also follow us on facebook twitter instagram um, is there any other social media sites that i'm forgetting i don't think there is I hope but not. <laughs> if there is follow us anyway you'll find us on uh, we are mead and don't forget we are mead by it matters more yeah.